The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Thanks for joining us once again on another episode of Benched with Bubba. Before we get started with episode 122 with Brad Rays of thequantedge.com, I want to talk to you about thequantedge.com. Are you tired of getting crushed by the pros? DSF players, sports bettors, listen up. TheQuantEdge.com has the tools you need to play like a pro. With our lineup optimizer, injury tool, wide receiver cornerback matchups, and head-to-head tools, you'll be armed with everything you need to win. Make up to 150 lineups in seconds. See matchups to exploit and compare players to help you make the right decisions you're on the fence about at TheQuantEdge.com. You'll get exclusive access to our industry experts, articles, podcasts, and the TQE community by participating in the premium membership chat. We at Benched with Bubba have a special deal for our loyal listeners. Using promo code Benched, B-E-N-C-H-E-D, you get $10 off your first month subscription at thequantage.com. So go check it out. Use promo code Benched, B-E-N-C-H-E-D, for $10 off your first month at thequantedge.com. Also, if you like playing fantasy sports, go check out Draft.com. It's Draft in your app store, Draft.com. Snake style drafts just the way you like it, done in under five minutes, and you can get paid out as early as the next day. They got baseball, they got NFL, they'll have hockey and NBA shortly as the seasons be closer and closer. But go check it out. Use promo code SD Sports when you check out, and you'll get entry into a free $3 tournament of your choice. So Draft.com, Draft in your app store, promo code SD Sports. Also, if you can go give us a rating and review on iTunes, preferably, or wherever you listen to the show, we would much, much approve it, appreciate it, and all that good stuff. But now, to Bench with Bubba, episode 122 with Brad Reyes of TheQuantEdge.com talking week two storylines and NFL waiver wire possible pickups for week three. everybody to another episode of benched with bubba episode 122 gonna talk some fantasy football tonight as week two is in the books for the nfl season uh talk some topics uh player development whatnot over the weekend and then some waiver wire targets for your week three action in order to do so 
going to be joined by a guest from the Quantage.com, a website that we are big fans of, as Elliot's been on the show many times, and we enjoy the products they're putting out over there. So I'm getting to know a guy named Brad Reyes. You can check him out on Twitter, at MeanMrMode. Brad, thanks for joining me tonight. How are you doing? Um, terrific. Thanks for having me on. This is an exciting opportunity to come out here and talk about uh, fantasy football. Heck yeah, fantasy football. You cover a uh, play draft at the Quant Edge, and you're part of a podcast as well, aren't you? Yeah, we have a draft strategy podcast, and that will be more it, – it'll be from football, and then we're going to branch on to a – basketball and i think eventually we'll have all the sports the draft covers so i'll be pretty busy once once basketball and hockey starts man i'm going to be very busy (laughs) i love it (laughs) yeah i love it because drafts a big uh they're an affiliate with us at bench with bubba and um they, they just i love their product their product is a great product and i uh i can't wait till they maybe branch out to a couple other sports but they're good at what they do so it's pretty awesome the best ball format's the best out there in my opinion and that's they, they don't pay me. I'm just saying that's outstanding product they have there. But um, let's talk some NFL action with your Quantage guys. And um, we'll start with some kind of things that took place, some storylines over the weekend. The Denver Broncos, backfield continues to be a mess. Going into the season, it was the rush. Um, you know, we had the Royce Freeman show. We had uh, Booker. Now you got uh, more and more and more going on back there. Even um, a, a new a new guy, Philip Lindsay, coming into the, to play. And it's getting pretty split down the middle, like 35, 35, 20 or something. How do you look at this situation going forward? Do you Are they flex eligible or are they just like, I don't want anything to do with these guys? Well, I'm, I'm looking at Philip Lindsay as flex eligible. He's getting enough of the passing game that I'm interested in seeing what he can do on a weekly basis. The biggest concern to me is uh, Royce Freeman. Man, we were, I think we, as an industry, we just kind of got fooled mm-hmm. that Royce Freeman was going to come in there and just be a bell cow. And or that Devontae Booker was going to be the starter and then Royce Freeman was going to be eased into the role. And then Philip Lindsay just drops like right after the preseason and comes out of nowhere and just has looked phenomenal in the job. Yeah, no, I agree. And that, that's been the most confusing part. It's like you use a high draft pick on this guy. Lindsay wasn't even like in the picture in the preseason. Mm. And now Lindsay looks outstanding. It, it's very tilting. I agree that Lindsay could definitely be flex relevant. The part I'm scared about is we've seen these committees so many times, like one of these weeks is just going to completely switch and they forget all about somebody. That's my biggest concern. But at this moment, for what we have, I completely agree. Lindsay seems to be the, the play in Denver. Let's talk Baltimore Ravens backfield. It was the topic of conversation Friday morning. Buck Allen versus Alex Collins. Collins, you know, was a you know, second, maybe third-round pick in a lot of fantasy drafts, not as much in PPR, but – he, had, he has a really solid floor, and he's still producing. He had double-digit fantasy points last week because he found the end zone. But mm-hmm. Buck Allen's getting a heavy, heavy workload. Um, what's the level of concern here? Is Are you still okay with Alex Collins? What's, what do you, how do you look at the Baltimore situation? Well, I was never 100% in on Alex Collins just because um, the Ravens never seemed committed to him. He, he seemed like found money to them. You know, he came in. He performed well. But they've been ha- they have a relationship with Buck Allen to where the coaching staff just likes to use him. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. I think he's kind of the Mark Ingram of, uh, and I'm totally stealing this from somebody. I forget who it is, but he's the Mark Ingram of the Ravens. Hey, well, Buck Mark Ingram was very usable last year. So that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. Buck Allen's an enormous um, threat to Collins's uh, production. No, right I like now, it. yeah, no. and in best balls, I have Allen just about everywhere. <laughs> 
I loved him in best ball. The value was just there. Nobody thought he had anything. Thought Dixon was going to come in and perform. He can't stay on the field. Yeah, no, Buck Allen was definitely one of those great targets, especially in a zero running back strategy that you could take late and just roll with in a, in a best ball. That's a very good call there. Um, let's go to Buffalo. LaShawn McCoy. He's actually playing. We did. We were curious if he's even playing to start the season. He's playing on a very, very bad football team. Reports on Sunday come out that he breaks his ribs. Now it's just, you know, messed up cartilage on his ribs. The ribs aren't broken. Who knows what's going on? Bottom line is Buffalo's bad. They have a horrible offensive line. <laughs> um, what do you do with this situation? Because I don't even know if the backup's even relevant. Well, the, um, yeah, with LaShawn McCoy and his ribs situation going up against the Vikings, he's not going to produce anyway. Even if his ribs weren't broken, he's in no position to do anything. Um, I'm more con- interested in seeing if uh, in a la- if I'm in a larger league, say a 16 man or a 20 man league, I might actually look at picking up a guy like Josh Allen. I mean, he's he's getting uh, 4.8 yards per carry, and no touchdowns, and he doesn't see any of the passing game. But Marcus Murray sees more of the passing game, but just doesn't seem to have the same running uh, ability. No, that's an interesting call because if they're that bad, and it's going to be a lot of garbage time. You really don't, you know, he can still throw two to three picks a week and be productive. Yeah. So I, I get like in a two quarterback league, a super flex, that could be actually pretty useful there uh, in a yeah. weird way. So I see what you're saying there because most people think Josh Allen, they're like, no, I want nothing to do with this guy. He's horrible. So on yeah. and so forth. But in fantasy, you got to peel back the layers. And I, uh, I totally see what you're saying there. It makes a ton of sense. Um, kind of a common theme with these first three questions were running back situations where the pass happy back seems to be getting a lot of the workload these days. And we're seeing that across the NFL landscape. The receiving running backs are doing very, very well while the rushing running backs are kind of disappearing. Matt Breida led this last week with like 140 rushing yards. Um, I saw somewhere that James Conner was the number five fantasy running back this week and he had 17 yards on the ground. Um, Josh, I don't think Josh Gurley or Todd Gurley, who had a huge game, he didn't play the fourth quarter, but I don't think he got the 50 uh, yards on the ground either. How are we evaluating the running back situation these days? Because we're seeing so much just passing game dependent backs where, you know, McCaffrey and uh, Chris Thompson last week and both had uh, at least 15 targets. It's getting pretty crazy out there. Well, it looks to be a kind of a common strategy in the NFL now to rely on your passing down backs because um, more open offenses um, generally want to get a a receiver open closer to the quarterback and using the uh, running back out of the slot has really just been a great um, benefit for that. And I completely fell apart on that, but sorry. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. No problem. Um, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons, another running back dilemma here. And Devontae Freeman, you know, going towards the end of last week, they're saying he's going to be out two to three weeks. Now they're already saying those are false reports. He could be back as early as this week. Um, Tevin Coleman was a beast. We knew it going into it. Game logs, everyone was tweeting about it, that when uh, Devontae wasn't on the field, Coleman was the number one. He's a fantasy stud. And he produced for everybody on DraftKings and everywhere else. Price went up this week on DraftKings. Still could be in play for sure. Question I have for you is A, how concerned are you with Devontae Freeman? But B, Ito Smith, they took him as a draft pick. He's got some talent, had a little bit of flash last week. Could he fill into that Tevin Coleman role and show a little bit of use depending on how long Freeman's out? Yeah, I think uh, Ito Smith's got some potential. But for the time being, Atlanta looks to be leaning on on one running back with that 
um, the Edo Smith and uh, combination. So I would, re- I'm really worried about the Freeman coming back, but not this week. I think it's going to be a, a, the Tevin Coleman show. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Tevin Coleman this week. I think he's going to be in for another monster, monster performance for the Redbirds, the Patriots. As a Dolphins fan, and I can finally say that with a smile for once we're 2-0 and we're leading the AFC East, which is – I don't remember if that's ever happened. Well, it's happened a long time ago. Um, let's just put it that way. But the Patriots did a Patriots thing, and they got Josh Gordon. This is what the Patriots do. They take other people's problems and make them great. Um, <laughs> Josh Gordon's talent has never been the question. It's just can he get it together, and we're all pulling for him to get his life together. That's never been the question, I think, at least most sane individuals. Can – or how do you feel? Do you feel that the Patriots are going to make him into like, because some people are saying this is the next Randy Moss in, in New England. Some are saying there's no way this is going to matter. Edelman's coming back soon. Just don't worry about it. Well, I actually like him quite a bit to kind of take over a little bit of that cook role they, they had last year. Okay. I like that. Um, As far as his substance abuse issues, I mean, that's a complete wild card at this point. We don't know if he can even get on the field, but if he can, he's going to be an interesting piece. He's, he's a, He's a stud, and he's a danger to score a touchdown anytime he touches the ball. So if Belichick can't get anything out of him, I think he's done in the league. That's the that – exactly. I think that's – this is literally put up or shut up time for Josh Gordon. If you want to play, if you want to have a career, if you want to make 40 or 50 or $60 million before you're done playing football, you really need to just get your stuff together. And it seemed like he was, and again, we're pulling for him to make it work. But something had to go wrong there in Cleveland. We'll find out on when it's 30 for 30 or something. Um, and it could just be Hugh Jackson being Hugh Jackson for all we know. But I think it's more than that. I hope it's more than that because he was, makes a lot of dumb decisions. But let's hope this yeah. is one of them. Um, I had a question in our, our Slack chat that we have. Someone asked, what percentage of fab would you give for Josh Gordon? And I said, I love his talent. I think he's great. I'm not sure the situation. So I wouldn't go crazy. I think, you know, if you need a guy badly – you can go crazy on him, but I'd say like 20%, 25% keep him honest bid. What are you doing for Josh Gordon? Because there's, like I said, there's a whole spectrum of people that are in love with him or they don't want anything to do with him. I'm almost on team. I don't want anything to do with him at this point. I live in Ohio and I've seen this story play out over a six year period and I'm kind of done with it. My hope is all out the window. I've got other, other priorities. Yeah, no, and that's, that's the thing. That's what I told this guy. I said, what's your right receiver situation look like? And he told me his guys, and they're all number ones or one yeah. A's. Like, they're all creative. So you don't even need this guy. All right. you need to do is you can put, like, a bid out there and keep him on his bid that if some guys, like, if you're league for some reason, none of them, nobody wants him, and you get him for, like, 15 bucks, okay, you can play with that. But I said don't go crazy and get stuck with him because you're not going to use him, basically, what it comes down to. All right, let's go to Minnesota. Dalvin Cook already. Already, Brad. It took two weeks. <laughs> uh, he's saying he was just, you know, cramping when reports were a hamstring injury, which in theory is a way of cramping, but it just hurts a lot more and has more severity in the long run. Um, he said he's going to be okay. I think he's going to miss at least one week. Uh, Latavius Murray should get the lead role, but there's another another horse in the backfield. What are we doing this weekend with the Minnesota Vikings? Well, actually, the only thing I'm doing with the Minnesota Vikings is hoping that Dalvin Cook's injury was really just a cramp. Unfortunately, he's also got – Buffalo, who game script wise looks great for him, but if there, if he's hurt or if there's any risk whatsoever, there's no need to have him out there. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna roll past Buffalo no matter what. It's like gonna be a thirty five to three game. 
Yeah, Heath Cummings from CBS said it best today in a tweet. He says Buffalo doesn't have a divisional matchup till week thirteen. You, sh- he's all. No one should lose a Survivor week until at least week thirteen. <laughs> I was like, that's, a, that's a pretty good quote. That's pr- pretty good. Pretty, yeah, pretty that's, good. that's how I've been running it. Everybody against the Bills. Yep, that's a great strategy. Um, do you have any interest in Latavius Murray this week? Um, and this week, I mean, if I'm desperate and in a super deep league, sure. But for the most part, I'm not really on it. Latavius Murray. It doesn't seem like the Vikings are really committed to him, and they have a couple of good backup uh, with Boone and uh, Rock. Oh, God, I forget his last name now. But you get the idea who I'm talking about. Yeah. Guy, uh, that's, guy was really good in preseason. Yeah, that's the name everyone's been throwing Rock out Thomas. there. Rock, Rock Thomas, yes. Yeah. Everyone's been throwing him out there today, everywhere I've listened. And I'm sitting there going, okay, guys, let's be real. And I get it. They could be blowing him out. But this is Latavius Murray's show until something goes wrong. Like, if Rock Thomas has a big game, it's probably because right. he had a fluke run in the fourth quarter or something. I don't think there's anything, I, I don't think there's game script where all of a sudden Rock Thomas is going <laughs> to go get like 35% of the workload like Latavius Murray gets. I don't see that happening. But, no, uh, that definitely won't happen. But I mean, in terms of like a flyer on a GPP, I, I'm looking at some of the backfield options that aren't Latavius Murray. Yeah, no, and I think that's a very, very interesting part there to uh, to talk about. Another running back. This is a trend this week, and it's, uh, sadly, I think it's going to be a trend with baseball, football for quite some time. Is David Johnson, and this is depressing because <laughs> I'll be I'm going to throw this out here right out the gate. Last year, I I never get a number one pick. I was so excited, I got took David Johnson, and we all know how that ended up. So that was no yeah. fun. Um, this year, I in like I'm in four or five leagues. And I think I had a top three pick in every league somehow. I don't know why. I'm going to be screwed for the future. Like I, I, I think I used all of my bonus points up this year, and I'm screwed now. But I, I got <laughs> Gurley in a couple, um, and, and I, I, I got Gurley in three. And I said, screw it. I want to go back to the David Johnson well to see if, you know, it's kind of a bounce back year because the talent's there. He didn't hurt his legs. Right. I, guess I, I guess I didn't factor in that Mike McCoy's a moron. Like, absolutely. <laughs> that's the nicest way I can say it. And this, you can say whatever you want on this show because I put the explicit content up. I've had some guys that are sailors on this show. But uh, <laughs> I, I, try to, I try to keep it as clean as possible unless you get fired up. It happens. But I see these these game scripts and these pictures of these graphs of running plays yesterday, and everything's up the middle. And we know David Johnson can bounce it outside. We know right. he's great out of the slot, and always he's getting one pass, one, one target out of the right. backfield. How, as you can tell by my enthusiasm here, panic has set in. What's right. your panic, what's your panic level with that David Johnson? My panic level is uh yeah, it's like code red. I mean yeah. he he's in a terrible situation all of the sudden. His production has never been a problem until now. And he like you said, the injury he had last season was a wrist injury. There, there was nothing wrong with his legs. This shouldn't be this sort of year. There's nobody really behind him that that's great. I mean you got what Chase Edwards. I mean, Chase Edwards is a nice uh, passing down back, but he's not David Johnson. Exactly. And I think another huge problem is that Sam Bradford is terrible in this team. He is not running this team very well. I'm really hoping they move to Josh Rosen sooner than later. Yeah, I have no idea what they have to lose about this time because this last week against the Rams, and the Rams are a very good team. There's no hiding that. But that was embarrassing. Um I, I saw that they didn't pass midfield until <laughs> their last drive. A minute left in the game was the first time their offense passed midfield. Oh, that God. is like I could play blindfolded on Madden, and I haven't played Madden since the PS3 came out. Like I haven't even played it on a PS3 format. They play, I think they have a PS4 now. I could probably still get past midfield with a blindfold on. <laughs> like that is just bad, Mike McCoy. 
Um, so yeah, go to Rosen. I'm in panic mode, but I can't sell him. What would it? What, what I'm more curious about is: Are you thinking of okay? Someone's going to have to change something. They've already come out today saying we got to use him more out of the slot and stuff. Could just be coach speak. Who knows? Are you maybe trying to trade for him at a bargain price right now? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to trade for him at a bargain price because running back is still at a premium, and if he does get back up to his bell cow numbers, he's going to be a beast. Would um, you would you trade James Conner for David Johnson? Ugh, um, maybe in a couple of weeks when it looks like Lev Bell might be coming back. Yeah. Um, right now, no. I yeah, like uh, I like Connor a little bit better than uh, DJ, and that's that's kind of rough to say. A banged up Dalvin Cook. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'd consider trading for banged up Dalvin Cook. I, I'll take it. my chances with a guy who's well. You see Dalvin Cook's usage. The only thing he's not doing is scoring touchdowns. No, that's true. That's so. very very true. Um, what about a Leonard Fournette who's banged up as well? Leonard Fournette's becoming one of the biggest headaches I've ever seen in um, in a fantasy football season. So I might I might pass on Leonard Fournette. Great yeah, upside, wanted, but the team's better without him. So yeah, I, want, I wanted nothing to do with Fournette in the draft season. People thought I was crazy. I wanted nothing yeah. to do with him at all. I, I, he he's looking like trade bait. So yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking. I, I, I'm really as as panicky as I am. I also see the upside of you know they can't go all year like this. And then of course I listened to the fantasy footballers this morning. And they go out and throw the stat out when um, two years ago when Gurley had his horrible season. I believe it was a uh, Sam Bradford-like performance behind a quarterback and a horrible mm-hmm. offense Jeff, Jeff Fisher. And then things change. So, yeah, it could just be a whole year. I would be hoping to God it's not, but we shall see. Yeah. All right, last piece of info here before we get to the waiver wires. And this one is, like, literally, they say Rome is burning. I think Pittsburgh is burning down. The Steel City is having <laughs> issues right now. Lev Bell again, you know, back to back weeks now. He's partying it down in Miami. He's on a jet ski the other day, just saying, you know what? I'm making it rain out here. I don't care. Um, I'm healthy. I'm having fun. There's girls everywhere. I'll see you guys in, in week ten. Um, yeah. Now Antonio, now Antonio Bryant's pissed. Like it's just, it just gets Antonio Brown. It gets better and better in Pittsburgh. Didn't show up to film study on Monday. Uh, Mike Tomlin said he talked to him on Tuesday. Haven't heard how that went. But right. I'm pretty sure uh, AB's got the uh, leverage in this situation. So, any concern with Pittsburgh right now? Because they've also are 0 1 and 1. Yeah, there's massive concerns with Pittsburgh right now. I think they're going to have to get the AB situation resolved sooner than later. Um, they've got a serious morale problem with their with their veterans. And th- this is okay. It, it's different if it's just one guy. Now that we've got two guys that have had heavy usages in their career and felt a little bit shortchanged by the organization in contract negotiations, rightly or wrongly. So now you have, like I said, a major morale problem. You, you don't know how that's going to affect the rest of the team. The only uh, player I see that really uh, is coming out of this and pretty good is Juju Smith-Schuster. Huge. He's handled this like a pro. I mean, he's going to be the number one wide receiver next year for the Steelers. I love this kid, and I really hope that um, the Steelers can just go ahead and perhaps consider trading A.B. and Love Bell. I mean, you're going to get maximum value for A.B. I mean, you're still going to get like a second or third round pick plus other incentives and probably another player. I mean, it's hard to get a first round pick out of anybody these days. Yeah, that's the interesting part. I want to see what they'd be able to pull off there because I think A.B. you get a huge, huge haul for, like you said. 
Bell's the one, and you're gonna have to like get him to agree to come in basically to trade him. Right. But at this point in time, you almost need to do something like just let him sit out there and sure he's just people say he's wasting money, but. I've been on the team bell train before the season started saying, hey, if they're going to work you into the ground for 400 touches and you could hurt yourself and never get paid again, I see where he's coming from. Um, they already franchised him once. I think that's BS. You can do it more than once. But that's a whole other story for another day. I agree with everything he's doing. You can see both sides of the story. But um, I find that I'm actively trying to trade guys right now and make things happen. and It's, it's very, very scary. Let's talk some waiver wire talk here. Um Oh, in the Thursday night game, Joe Mixon went down with fragments in his knee, little fragments that are bugging <laughs> him. So he had the surgery, had them removed. He's supposed to be out two to four weeks. Um, I was told this is similar to what Sony Michelle had, and they said two to four weeks with him, and we saw how well that lasted like six weeks. Yeah. Um, I'll believe this when I see it. Anytime you cut on someone and you say it's a minor procedure, I don't care, you cut someone open. Uh, right. There's nothing minor about that because some people are like, oh, we had an extra week basically to play on Thursday, so on and so forth. Regardless, how excited are you to go pick up Giovanni Bernard? I've been very excited about Giovanni Bernard. I'm being from Ohio and having to watch the uh, the Cleveland um, Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals compulsorily. I've noticed that Gio- Giovanni Bernard over Giovanni Bernard over the years has really been underutilized. He's a terrific back. He he's better than what his numbers per- put out. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's not too bad running. So I, I'm excited to use him soon. No, I think he's a great play. He's one of the top waiver wire targets this week by far, in my opinion. But um, I think he's in for at least two weeks of just – because that Cincinnati offense looks so much better this year um, yeah. in a small small sample. So, And he looks really good Thursday night against the Ravens when he was in there. I think he's in for at least two good weeks, if not a good month or so, where you can really take advantage of him again in a league where running backs are just a mess right now. You got to work, you got their workhorse back. I think that's a big pickup to make for the fantasy season. Let's go to Cleveland rookie wide receiver, Antonio Callaway with no Josh Gordon. Now we saw Callaway catch the 47 yard touchdown pass. My concern is he's going to be a big threat, big play threat. And you have to rely on Tyron Taylor to get it to him. Maybe Baker Mayfield will be the answer there eventually. But what's your thoughts on Antonio Callaway as you go to the waiver wire this week? Well, Antonio Callaway is an interesting pickup. Um, I'm I'm actually kind of on him because I I do like his big play potential, but I don't think he's going to mature until he has a better armed passer throwing him the ball, and until Baker is thrown in there probably around week ten, you're not going to see a whole lot out of Gall- Callaway on a regular basis. He's going to be more of a flyer. So with Johnson gone, or not Johnson, Josh Gordon gone, right? Uh, you have Jarvis Landry, who's doing his thing. A little banged up right now, but I think he'll be fine. Um, he's blessed, after all. Um, what are your thoughts on who gets the targets there? Do they start finally using Duke Johnson again like they used to? Or is this going to kind of be just a mess that's hard to figure out right now? Well, it's going to be a mess that's hard to figure out because the coaching staff seems to hate True. one another. I mean, True. nobody oh, likes each other. Um, Hugh's incompetent. He's just not yes. a leader. He's uh, he's done every misstep he could possibly make to anytime that the Browns do something positive, he finds a way to undercut it. I can't stand Hugh Jackson. Um, you know, I liked him coming in and I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, yeah, let's get Hugh Jackson. He'll be a great coach. Came in. He was awful. I think you got to pull the plug. No, I, I definitely can get behind that. Uh, I thought Hard Knocks was crazy 
hilarious <laughs> when it, like Todd Haley and uh, the D coordinator skipping my mind all of a sudden, um, the hard ass that he is. Greg they Williams. both Greg Williams. They both basically give the middle finger to Hugh the entire time he talks. Like they literally, <laughs> could, they could care less what Hugh Jackson has to say. It's just like okay, you got the corner office with the cool view of the practice field. Other than that, we're running this team. Just stay out of the way, little kid. That's what it looked like. Like get out yeah. of here. He, he um, looks like a substitute teacher. Yeah, like when week one when Hugh Jackson says, "Oh, Josh Gordon's, we're going to ease him into the game," and he plays like seventy five percent of the game. It's like, like, <laughs> like I got this kid. Get out of the way. <laughs> it was it was amazing. I was, that was probably one of some of the best stuff every week was just to watch their interactions in the coaches' meetings where they wanted nothing to do with him at all. I would um, prefer Hard Knocks to be a season long show about the Browns. I want to see how this works all year long. <laughs> I need to see. When when Josh Gordon shows up injured on a Friday, that would have been amazing. How the Monday morning coaches film study when something went wrong and Todd Haley is telling Hugh Jackson, yeah. this is why I called this play. And what killed me was like last week I was really hoping for a game a good game against the uh New Orleans Saints and at least a higher scoring one. And what yeah, I got I was, was a complete bomb dropped on the team. The team looked like the team came out and played flat because they don't know what the hell's going on. They're, one of their best deep threats just disappeared off the face of the earth. And I think it really sucked that whole – even the Saints down with them. Yeah. yeah, no, that was an ugly game. Looked like it should have some serious offense in there. And the Browns' defense is better than people give it credit for. But it's just still the Saints in New Orleans. Like, they score on anybody. That's just how this works. Yeah. Um, so that was very surprising. I'm with you there. Not, uh, not what was expected, but they did lose in Browns fashion. That was what was expected. Very Brownsy so, fashion, yeah. That very much happened there. Uh, let's talk about another receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, John Brown. You know, he's he's hopped around, never really got his chance, and right now Joe Flacco likes him a lot. He's getting some love in his first two games, seven catches for 136 and two scores. Uh, this guy looks like a good target on the waiver wire. What's your thoughts on John Brown? I, I'm, I'm actually coming around on John Brown. And it's beginning of the season, I really liked Crabtree in that role. But it looks like John Brown's athleticism has just really um, taken over that the job, at least as a, a solid wide receiver, too. Um, the only concern of John Brown, of course, is his health. You know, as soon as he gets hurt, you're going to start wondering, can he get back on the field with his sickle cell anemia? So, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in John Brown, but I don't want to be on in a position where I have to rely on John Brown. That is a very fair point. Um, I think he's a good... I'd say wide receiver three on your fantasy team with wide receiver two upside. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely want to go get him. If like, I got say like a Jordy Nelson, you'd rather have John Brown. Right. Um, with, I would, um, I would say, I don't, I'm not a team Jordy yeah. anymore. Situations like that. Now, if we didn't really talk about this when we did it, but say you had Josh Gordon, how do you handle him on your roster? Well, if I have Josh Gordon on my roster, I'm probably just going to hold him until do you, try, I, do you try to trade him. The smart thing to do is to try to trade him. But I, at this point, I'm like, eh, if I've got Josh Gordon, may as well see what he can do. Yeah, I don't want to see the payoff, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Like I've been through I mean, all this. <laughs> if I went through Josh, if I had Josh Gordon and I was fine with him with Tyrod Taylor, yep. why not see what he can do with uh, Tom Brady? I mean, it seems silly to hold on to a guy that long and then. But, I mean, if somebody gives you a godfather offer for him, then you, you got to do it. But yeah. ordinarily, I'm looking to hold him. Would you trade him for James Conner? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like James Conner's production, and I don't, 
I don't see Lev Bell coming back until week 10. And even when he does come back in week 10, I don't know how he fits into that locker room. No, I think that locker room pretty much is – it was pretty evident when those linemen said something because if the team was still okay with Lev Bell, the linemen would have been told <laughs> to keep their mouth shut. Like right. the fact that, that that came out, that was very telling to me. I think that was telling to Lev Bell because I think yeah. at, for, at first he might have been, okay, I'll wait a week. And then that stuff came out. He's like, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> like that's how it's going to be. I don't want to go get my – it'll be like a scene out of um, – uh, what the hell is the Army movie with uh, – Private pile where he gets um, beat up with the, the the soap and the socks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, full metal jacket. Full metal jacket. Yeah. It'll be a scene like that where it's in the middle yeah. of the night. They're going to sneak in and go, this is what you did to us for 10 weeks. <laughs> yeah. And plus, he made them look bad. I mean, I do really? I do side with Lev Bell against management in terms of how much he's being paid and how they've been treating him and how they've, you know, and how they're, they've ridden him hard and put him away wet. Yeah. But when it comes to your teammates, I think you got to be more honest. You got to be upfront and you can't tell him you're going to be there and then not show up. Exactly. If he right out the gate said, I'm sitting this out as long as I have to. Okay. They're probably like, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Right. He let it, he told them I'm coming in and then didn't show and changes things a little bit. Let's talk about another running back situation going to Philadelphia, the defending Super Bowl champions. Shocker. J.H.I. banged up already two weeks into the season. Um, Corey and and reports today is that is, likely out this weekend yeah so Corey clement is playing and this guy we've seen him when he gets playing time play very very well in the passing game and the running game but especially in the passing game can do very very well um i think this is a solid pickup especially for this week obviously i think he's a great DraftKings play i think he's gonna be chalkier than chalk on DraftKings. but um what's your thoughts on Corey clement obviously for this week and potentially going forward Corey clement has an opportunity to steal the job I, I think that Jay Ajayi, he's a very good player, and he helped him win his Super Bowl, but he's not been there very long. And Corey Clement came in as an undrafted free agent and has just worked his ass off to get where he is now. Is a great back, I think, waiting to happen, really slipped through, cra- slip through the cracks on the draft. So I'm, I'm really Team Clement. I really like this kid. I wish I liked him better when I was picking best ball teams. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't see Ajayi going down quite so quickly, you know? Like yeah, no, I two? thought no. week two was a little quicker than I thought. I thought he'd be like that 1B for a while and then eventually would get his turn. But, yeah, week two is pretty crazy. Um, if you had to pick one of two this week, would you rather have Corey Clement or Giovanni Bernard? I like Giovanni Bernard just because he has an established role in an offense. His quarterback trusts him. He, he's He's in a really good spot. Um, I think Corey Clement's going to have to get acclimated to the role. I think it's going to take him, a, you know, I think between the two of them, if I had to guess how many fantasy points they're going to put out, it'd be something like they, they'd both be in the 15 to 12 point range. I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to be breaking anything open for you, but they're going to be solid glue guys. You mean Carson Wentz coming back doesn't change everything for you? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's right. All, that's all. That's all I heard today. I'm like, guys, he just got cleared for contact. That still scares the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not ready to play. He's into it, boys. Well, and that's another problem. I see Corey Clement getting used mostly to uh, pass block. Because yeah, you're going to. No, he's not, but he's going to have to start <laughs> because yeah. uh, the franchise is back there. Yeah. And they can't have the, Big Dick Nick can't do this two years in a row. <laughs> well, at some point, they're going to have to establish whether or not. You know, if, if they can't get him to be a better pass blocker, then it's almost like you almost have to get somebody like a fullback off the waiver wire. 
to help to, to cover that because I just Wentz is too vulnerable. I think bringing him back this soon is more of a more of a factor because yeah, they're panicking because uh, Nick Foles just kind of completely fell apart. He went back to being Nick Foles. I was about to say he is who we thought he was. They just yeah. let him off the hook last year. Yeah, I mean, I like the guy. I I loved his performance in the playoffs and especially the Super Bowl. But that was his shining moment, and that's his 15 minutes of fame. Exactly. Uh, a couple more guys to talk about here. Jeronimo Allison, he's 64% owned in Fantrax leagues. I, I know that's not like a low number, but I still want to bring up the fact that 36% of Fantrax leagues don't own Jeronimo Allison. So they must, be, <laughs> they, must, they must be two wide receiver leagues because I drafted him in those places or I picked him up immediately after week one going, oh, crap, he's actually on the waiver wire. Um, <laughs> People need to realize when the GOAT is playing quarterback, he hits all of his targets. Right. And he I, I said this over and over again in my wide receiver previews and everything. Aaron Rodgers said in training camp, I love this kid. I love what he's doing. He's running probably, like good routes. When Aaron Rodgers says something like that, listen, just a yeah. thought. Like just a thought. <laughs> um, what's your thoughts on Allison? We don't have to go too deep on this because I think I pretty much said a lot of it. But uh, what's your thoughts on Allison? Only you know, 36% of fan tracks needs to get their stuff together maybe. Yeah, first of all, yeah, I picked up a lot of Geronimo Allison, mostly in best balls and in uh, my home leagues and things like that. I love Geronimo Allison. I think the the buy-in with uh, Rodgers is enormous, and I don't think that Equinamius Brown and the other rookie, I can't think of the other guy's name off the top of my head, uh, who's not hurt because there's one that's hurt. But, uh, yeah, neither of the – what is it, Marquez Scantling or something like that? Anyway. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, he just – Neither of those two have come out like gangbusters to steal that job. That was a stealable job, but yep. it just didn't seem like it materialized for him. Now let's talk about the running back situation in Green Bay. Um, Jamal Williams has looked really, really good. He pass blocks great. Aaron Rodgers said that before, so there was your hint there. But right. uh, Aaron Jones may be the better back when it comes to fantasy terms, and he's due back real soon. Uh, how much would you be wanting to go run to get him if he's still available? Um, I've actually kept him on a few leagues. Um, I, I like his potential to come out of that backfield. I mean, he's the more dynamic of the two backs. He's going to get more done for you. And the pass blocking's terrific. And, but, you know, I, that's, that's where it really comes down to. I mean, how important is that pass blocking going to be to Aaron Rodgers when he wants to put up points? If they have a frustrated time putting up points, yeah, I think they look at Aaron Jones coming, coming and getting us uh, some more extra runs. Yeah, I definitely see that as an option because I think I think right now Jamal's going to be important based on the fact Rodgers can't move. But, <laughs> um, yeah, when Rodgers' mobility gets a little better here, that may come into question. That's the way I see that one kind of going. Uh, last guy I want to ask you about here, and I've seen his name everywhere, but people need to remember there's two tight ends eventually in Pittsburgh. But Jesse James had a monster weekend, monster weekend, which most teams do against Kansas City to start the year, it looks like. Yeah. Um, and everyone's saying he's a must-add. He's only 29% on Fantrax leagues. Uh, are you saying Jesse James is a must-add, or are you still realizing Vance McDonald's somewhere lying around, or do you not even care about tight ends? Well, no, I care about tight ends quite a <laughs> bit. Um, as far as Jesse James goes, yeah, I think he's got that role locked up. I don't see Vance McDonald being, being able to stay on the field. He's just every every couple of weeks there's like a, a little niggling injury with him that makes a big deal, keeps him out of a practice. And I just don't see him building up any consistency in the offense. No, I agree with you there. Um, just a couple of quick hitters here that surprised me. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, only 37% owned. Uh, do you believe he keeps the job when Jameis gets back? Uh, yeah, unless there's a catastrophic failure along the way, he's going to keep that job. In fact, I think that Tampa Bay is kind of looking for an excuse to move on from Jameis. He's been an embarrassment. He hasn't taken the job seriously. Um, the talent is there, but his head just is not. Unfortunately, God. it's time to cut bait. I completely agree. I think uh, Fitzmagic is the real deal. And when you can do what you did after a uh, a game in Deshaun Jackson's clothes, big fan. Big, big fan. <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. Um, Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals. What are your thoughts on him in the wide receiver position? I I love him. I was actually all on John Ross the beginning at the beginning of the season as that wide receiver too. But Tyler Boyd has definitely shown a proficiency with that offense that. Ross doesn't possess. And I, I didn't see Boyd getting this, this better this quickly. I'm, I'm really terrific, really uh, surprised by him and kind of proud of the kid. Yeah, no, he's really got it going and in a big way. And um, Andy Dalton seems to really focus in on him, which is something to keep an eye on there. Uh, Dan Bailey is out of retirement or out of the, the land of misfit toys and is, is with the Minnesota Vikings. Now I even heard a couple people say, Dan Bailey is their number one waiver priority this week, which I thought was crazy as a kicker. But what's your thoughts on Dan Bailey? Is this a guy you want to go upgrade your kicker position with, or is kicker a kicker? No, I'm actually kind of a like I like a, I like a name brand kicker, and Dan Bailey does does the job. He's going to be playing in a team that plays in most of its game indoors. I think that's a fantastic pickup. I mean, I don't know if he's a priority, but you know, unless I have a decent kicker, I'm I'm all over Dan Bailey. I love it. I love it. Well, that about wraps up what I got for you. Any final players or anything else you want to chat about before we wrap it up? Yeah, I was kind of like, let's talk about the uh, Chris Carson Penny situation. How do you cool. see that playing out? Because that has been an absolute disaster. You can't trust anybody who talks about who's going to be playing. Um, doesn't seem like Carol knows. They they were, they were even saying that Carson was gassed, which is an enormous insult to Carson. Well, they said he was gassed because of his running on special teams. Okay, if he's your number one running back, why the hell is he running on special teams? Like, that shouldn't be a factor. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, so you summed it up there just by that. They, It's a mess. They have no idea what they're doing. I thought I thought eventually maybe it was going to take some time, like we're seeing. I thought eventually it was going to be um, the Penny Show. I thought that was his deal. Uh, that's why they drafted him so early. Right, but Carson's shown the ability to play. Pete Carroll likes his guys, and he was a Pete Carroll guy. Um, I, I still think Penny's the one you want in the end game, but I don't know how long this is going to take to to hatch out because it's a disaster right now. Yeah, it's just it's like you said, you can't really see. I don't know what the Seahawks are doing, and I I really look for him to kind of tank the season. Um, you know, get a draft pick in there. They, I, I've heard some chatter about maybe uh, trading Russ Wilson and trying to get another uh, young quarterback to build around. Well, that's what I was about to say is the only way, and I like Russell Wilson a lot. I think he's a hell of a quarterback. But the only way they're going to fix things is to get money, and that means not tying yeah. it up in your quarterback. That's the only way it's going to work. They have so much money tied up in Russell Wilson right now. It's just uh, once Doug Baldwin went down, and we don't know if – I think it's going to be a thing that's going to maybe linger most of the year now. Um it's going to be really shaky with them. So I think a trade for Russell would be a phenomenal move. I think that'd be great if it even met, might not happen until the offseason, unfortunately. But if you can do a midseason trade for a guy that talented, maybe 
maybe say the Saints lose Drew Brees next week or something. A team that yeah. could contain loses a quarterback, that could be where the game-changing door opens. Uh, maybe – well, no, Arizona's already done. But stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. maybe Miami goes – Russell uh, Tannehill's not going to do it. We're somehow we're still 2-0. and Get Bring Russ into town. Like stuff like that. So I think it's an option and definitely a way for Seattle to break it down for sure. Yeah, because I mean the the modern NFL right now, this how how you're how you're building your team is cheap quarterback and lots of expensive talent around them, and that's been a great model. Yeah, it's a phenomenal. Like, look what the Rams are doing right now. They spent yeah. so much money. It was like a little kid going to Toys R Us, rest in <laughs> Toys R Us. Yeah, but right. They, uh, but they literally let him go on a shopping spree through there and go. Oh yeah, I'll take him. I'll go get Aaron Donald. A big deal. I'll go get right. this receiver. Like, you got everything you want because Jared Goff's free. Yeah, and you got Indomitong Sue, who just kind of gets yeah. lost in the mix there. Like, yeah, that team's – I mean, that team is uh, – I don't know. I mean, that's like an all-star team. Like, legit, that team should be playing in a Super Bowl mm-hmm. unless, like, they fall on a banana – unless they banana – speaking of Mario Kart trending, if they yeah. go on a banana peel, that's the only <laughs> way this isn't happening. Only yeah, way it's, it's not happening. It's going to have to be an absolute disaster. It's going to – I think it's going to take an in- – more than one injury to a top player. I think they can even lose Gurley and still be pretty good. I mean, they're, that's going to take a lot out of them, yeah. but th- th- that's a very well set up team. Yeah, I mean, because you, you I, saw, I'm impressed. It's a very great team. You saw Kelly in the preseason, given preseason, but he looks really yeah. good. So that's a good backup there. I love the way their receiving core works between Cooks, Woods, Cup. It's almost like an even distribution. Like you can't even hone in on one guy. And that's, that's one of the scariest things I can think of is there's not just one elite receiver. Maybe yeah. Gurley's the elite receiver for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, right? It's crazy the way they run that team. Yeah. But, and, and Goff, he, he's growing into the role. I think it, I mean, I don't think he's like an all pro waiting to happen, but he's a solid quarterback and he's, he's going to be a good contributor there. And plus you, you, I mean, you could put my sister out there and get like 400 yards out of it. Out of her. With an, with offense. an, offense, so, yeah. an offense like that, I, I think we could have a lot of fun out there. So, yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plans out because, also, like you said, they get Seattle twice, they get Arizona twice, they get a Niners team that can't play defense. Like, literally, that could be six <laughs> wins right there. Like, six wins. Yeah. I know it's I know it's divisional and random things happen in division. I get that. But that's six very, very winnable games where they're going to be favored by like double digits most of those nights. Yep. It's, I mean, it'll, it'll be surprising if they don't make the Super Bowl. It will be uh, at worst NFC title game. Like if they somehow get bounced early, it might be one of the biggest upsets in a long time. It'll be yep. really interesting. So that'll be fun to kind of look back on this one. Five fifty-five PM Pacific time. Okay, I'll write that down. No, <laughs> um, be fun to check out. But uh, Brad, this was a lot of fun. Uh, why don't you everybody know what you have coming up with the Quant Edge? What you're doing over there, and where they can find you? Well, at the Quant Edge, I'm the uh, the draft nerd, so I handle uh, all the draft. Uh, stuff like up right into the best balls the uh um the day-to-day football action and i put out a ranking that people seem to enjoy using and i'm just really excited about draft and you can always hit me up about draft on in my dns or in uh or in chat on tqe i mean i'm always there i just this is my passion i know it sounds ridiculous to be great to to feel this way about a, a particular app but i really like the draft game and I think I can get people yeah, better outstanding. playing it. So thanks for having me on. And guys, awesome, man. no problem. If you guys use promo code benched, you get $10 off your first month at the Quant Edge, and you can go talk to Brad in that private chat. Just <laughs> throwing it out there. Just, just, just humble, humble plug right there. Go <laughs> check you. that out. 
But uh, yeah, go check him out on Twitter at Mean Mr. Mode. Brad, this is a pleasure. We'll definitely do it again sometime. A lot of fun. Thank you. It's been an, an amazing amount of fun for me too. Thanks for that. Thanks for getting me over being so damn green. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. So the more we do it, the more fun we'll have. Um, everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 122, Fantasy Football with Brad Rays of thequantedge.com. Catch you guys later.